And now, our feature presentation. The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, learn to love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, listen up. Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWE back into the spotlight. I was thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Let's get ready to rumble! the greatest wrestling program in the world ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention stop what you're doing and listen it's the alliance guys podcast with your hosts kevin frazier dkm and jcap so this is the alliance guys podcast a presentation of alliance wrestling.com your number one source for news and information for the national wrestling alliance and United Wrestling Network. We're here to talk NWA power. Hashtag NWA fam. Bells, whistles, ding, 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 ring. Um, first of all, uh, I see a bunch of people on the show. You guys are already giving us a hard time because I don't know how to work my computer, obviously. But uh, what's up to Woodland Goblin, uh, Jimmy LB, Scott Steiner's in the house, Kakushi's here. Uh, who else? Dave Scooby's in the house. If I missed you, I'm sorry. Thank you guys for being here. We do appreciate the, uh, appreciate you guys being here. And uh, we talk NWA Power every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. And, of course, the effervescent Devin K. Mercer and the former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion, Kevin Frazier. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Well, Hello. Glad to be here. Pretty excited to talk wrestling. Now, now DK is really messing with you. Yeah, like I know, that? right? That's awesome. <laughs> so, well, Dr. Rob Stinson's in the house too. Welcome, Dr. Rob. Someone said that the real bearded trio. No, no. Even though we all have these beautiful, wonderful beards, uh, there's only one bearded trio, and we uh, respect those guys and appreciate them very much. Uh, we're not trying to stomp on their grounds by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, we had another episode of NWA Power. I thought it was a vast improvement. DKM, you maybe thought different. Kevin, uh, let's get to your thoughts before we go to DK's. Um, again, I, 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 okay, my overall, just my overall, I would say there were strong points in the show, but... It is still, um, still way below the bar where it should be based on production, talent, what they could be doing with what they have. I would say it falls a little bit below that. And and I think I spoke last week when I said that, hey, even our favorite wrestling shows from back in the day, you know, had, had parts of the show where they weren't great. Uh, no wrestling show ever, no matter how good the production, no matter how good the talent, no matter how good you've got what you need to have to have those the components to have a good show, it doesn't always go great. But there are things that can be controlled 
that can be produced, that can be repetitively done, that I just, I just leave the show scratching my head going, man, they left so much stuff on the table that, that I just feel like they're, they're kind of missing it a little bit here. By the way, before I pass it on to DK, I do have my gray and Navy on tonight uh, in support of my Dallas Cowboys uh, in their NFL draft tonight. And, and let's hope Jerry Jones has someone else drafting for him tonight, not himself. Okay. Uh, overall, I thought the show was better than some of their recent efforts. Uh, when asked to grade it, I gave it a C plus compared to the D minus I'd given the week before and the F I'd given two or three weeks before. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was an improvement. There's still a lot to work on. They still have some of the issues that, of course, we've been talking about overall with their booking and their logic. And unfortunately, they brought back some older issues that they had during the first sets of tapings, such as just being overly complicated about some things and who's actually running the show, you know, setting up matches. Uh, it's important to note on this episode, they're much like the last episode of this wrestling show. There were only three matches. Uh, two, if you don't want to count the first one. And uh, one of them was made up at the beginning of the at the beginning of the show. So, you know, what exactly did it replace? Where was there originally only two matches scheduled for this show? You know, let's not let's try not to insult people's intelligence by stupid unlogical stuff so Jay what about that, you man oh sorry I was going to say with that let's send it to Jay to start the well, yeah Bob what did you think about it well again I, I thought this was a much better effort um, I've always said that you know I want to see progression I don't I'm not demanding perfection I just want to see progression. And to me, the show was much better this week. We had, um, I mean, there was a couple of things that I didn't care for, but uh, the match between uh, the TV title match, I mean, it it didn't give us exactly what we wanted, but there was a, a further evolution in that storyline. Um, the we, the, uh, the tag team situation kind of got some answers. We kind of see where that's going. So, I mean, it's not perfect. It's far from it. But I really feel like it's starting to move in the right direction. So for that, I mean, I give it better than a C plus, um, but I don't give it, uh, you know, the highest mark I have. I really feel like the show is a, a work in progress and it's getting better each and every week. But thus far, um, I would say this is the best. This is the best episode of this season, um, and I know that might be saying a few things. Uh, but first, this is the. We get the national treasure, the dealer, the real world champion. Um, he has lots of monikers and he needs them because he's been on every single intro except for episode 24 since the show's been back. Yes, he's opened every single segment of NWA Power 
since episode 24, or ex- uh, since episode 22, except episode 24. So for episode 22, it was strictly business and Nick Aldis. For episode 23, it was Nick Aldis. And then uh, uh, Power Search came out, and it kicked off with Nick Aldis. And then episode 25 was uh, Trevor Murdoch, uh, who got interrupted by Nick Aldis. And then here it is, uh, episode 26, Aldis again kicking off the show. Um, and I'm just throwing my own personal opinion out here. I think less is more. I think your world's heavyweight champion doesn't need to be responsible for for opening every single episode. Um, he's he's a great talent. He's a great world's champion. But it shows me that if you're super dependent on the world's heavyweight championship to more or less be the MC of the show, that's a problem. Uh, but he doesn't disappoint with some of his uh, vernacular. Because he said straight out, he doesn't dip, he doesn't flip, but you can't touch his drip. I mean, he barely said that with a straight face. Uh, then, uh, he, as he was going on, Trevor Murdoch came out kind of, you know, looking to engage Aldis, but didn't want to full-on attack him because he didn't want to lose his future opportunities. And uh, essentially, they have uh, set up a match for a six-man tag where Aldis... Uh, you know, all this sets up that convoluted storyline. Okay, well, here's the deal. If we do the six-man tag, if you win, you get a shot at the national title. If you lose, you go home packing for 30 days. And uh, it was Team Aldis set up with Team Murdoch. DKM, what were your thoughts on that one? Well, the first thing is, even without going back and reviewing, I was pretty sure he had opened almost every show. And I was pretty sure when, uh, what's his name there at the interview desk? Ball guy. Kyle. And, yeah, Kyle, sure. Kyle. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he goes, what better way to start the show? And I just want to say, I don't know. Let's try something different ways. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out there is a better way to open the show. If he just came out there and said a few words, that would be one thing. But Nick Aldis is good at talking, and he likes to talk, and he talks a lot. If you look at this segment with him and Murdoch, I dare anybody to count words. See how many Murdoch says compared to how many Aldis says. (laughs) And it's just... It's overexposing your champion to the point where you don't want him to be overexposed like he needs to be special and they're kind of taking some of that out and then so as you pointed out once again we're having to put up with this dealer Nick Aldous we're saying keep it simple and Nick Aldis, and and this is where I worry. A lot of people go, oh, well, the NWO will listen to the fans. This is something that, you know, this group has complained about since the early days. Nick Aldis comes out, and he gets, he, we can't just have a match. There's nobody, who, there's no matchmaker. I don't know how the other match, I, I guess when they come in, everybody goes, who wants to wrestle them? Because there's no matchmaker. 
they come out. Nick Aldis tries to make, make some sort of deal. This is the third time he's put together a six-man match with the stipulation that normally involves him defending the title or something. And so, and in the first two, he was only two. So, you know, things can't be simple. Things can't be easy. It's got to be convoluted. So we got to hear either, you know, if your team wins, you get a title shot. And if my team wins, you have to go home for 30 days. Why? There's no reason. It's just a stuff they came up with. So we're having another show. I, I don't think we've got a show yet that's had a series of matches where we just have straight wrestling in every match. We either get three ways or four ways or weird stipulations or something. Can we get a show that puts on just four wrestling matches? Uh, please, pretty please. Cherry on top, Kevin. So I have a, I have a, they have this thing I decided while Devin was talking that I think I want to do tonight. So one of my one of my big things that I like I wouldn't call it a pet peeve, but you maybe could is when people complain about stuff but they have no clear solution on how to solve the problem. So here's what I'm gonna do tonight. I'm gonna tell you within the parts that I don't like what I would have done different. And then you guys can tell me what you think about that. I agree with Nick Aldis. Not Nick Aldis. With Devin's and Jay's opinion about Aldis opening the show. It's too much. It's redundant. It's to the point where it's not like heel heat. It's like board heat. Not the good kind of heat. The kind of heat where you just go, okay, same old stuff. And... And he put together the match and all that's great. Okay. But here's what I think would have been better. Gooder. Gooder. You want to get country about it. Why not have Pope come out to open the show? He's wrestling for the title. They had a killer promo the prior week. Why not have Pope come out and pump up the pump the audience up and talk about his match? Like DK says, it's a title match. A title match that had been actually built to something. So I felt like that would have been a better opening than another Nick Aldis promo setting up another convoluted wrestling match that's going to lead to another confusing storyline. <laughs> so that's how I felt. I, I, I didn't, it wasn't a bad segment, but it certainly wasn't good because of the fact that it's so repetitious. So that, that I think the fact that it was the same old thing is what actually made it not good. Not that the, there wasn't good execution. Granted, Trevor Murdoch, we've said this over and over again, is, is positioned as the heel, so it makes everything awkward. Um, we can't get a straight promo without somebody coming out and having some back and forth. But man, it'd have been glorious to have Pope come out, give his two cents, blase, blase, and then maybe they go straight to the first wrestling match even though that first wrestling match, which we'll probably get to here in a minute, um, I'll tell you what I felt like they could have done different then. So, yeah. How do you like that, guys? You like that? 
Yeah. Like, you like that idea? Like, I'm not just going to complain about it. I'm going to say, hey, what would I have done different? Well, and actually, that goes to something I think and in Jimmy general. B, sorry, Jimmy LB agreed with me. <laughs> Boom. I, I mean, I, I think in, I think in general, it never hurts to start off either in the ring with a popular baby face or at the mic with a popular baby face. I mean, that's always a good way to start a TV thing. That's what's going to get, and especially an exciting one. Pretty simple, too, Devin. Pretty simple. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think, I mean, if it was the same person every time, yes. But, you know, if you had, you know, Pope starting one week and Murdoch starting another week or whatever, and again, kind of alternate between, you know, the ring and the interview thing, you know, that's what's going to catch a fan's attention. Oh, what? Love the Pope. Or, or, Saul, or even another thought. Saul, Sal, uh, May Valentine interviewing Sal Ronaldo because he's about to go wrestle in a match. Yeah. And build that match up even. Then you bring the Pope out. And Nick Aldis yep. maybe comes out after that. Now you've got like strong stuff. Like you're building something. Carry on. Sorry, D. Well, yeah, it's man, kind I think of funny. you're right. Oh, I'm sorry, DK. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. Go ahead. No, I was just telling Kevin he's right, which I don't say that often. So, <laughs> we just got right, straight silence here. It just got quiet. <laughs> so, and again, these are just suggestions from fans who are watching the show at home. I mean, again, this is all set of the first set of TV tapings. Um, you know, they are working out some kinks. There's new new people involved with creative. They have new producers, new... A lot of it's different. And I saw someone earlier in the comments, I don't remember who said it, but the, they said there's something missing and it's not just the fans. I think that was Woodland Goblin. And you're right, there is something missing. There's a lot That's of pieces correct. that are missing. And I feel like they're kind of relearning this process all over again. And again, I, I don't want to keep making excuses for the NWA, but... You know, they were on a sabbatical for nearly a year. And in that time, um, you know, they, they didn't they didn't learn from their old mistakes. And they're kind of relearning the wheel and trying to remake the wheel. And I feel like what DK just said a few minutes ago, what Kevin said, keep it simple. Just make it easy. Make it easy. As a fan, don't insult us. Just make it easy. But that was the first segment. Then we get... J.R. Kratos, one half of the NWA World Tag Team Champions, uh, fighting his now nemesis, Sal Renaro. Um, we get a cameo from Danny Deals in the match. We get a cameo from Mae Valentine in the match. Um, basically, though, the match is thrown out when J.R. Kratos is just abusive towards uh, Sal Renaro, which is kind of funny. And I, I, I was watching some older episodes of Power this week. And what kicked off the feud between Trevor Murdoch and Aaron Stevens is that Aaron Stevens was taking liberty with the kid, which was Sal, which was Sal Renaro. And that Trevor Murdoch took exception to that. And now here it is a year later, and uh, Aaron Stevens' own tag team partner is taking liberties with the kid. And, uh, you know, Aaron huh. Stevens finds a way to be out there to, to be a part of it. It just seems kind of, I don't know, it just... Poetic? Poetic, sure, if that's what you want to say. I mean, 
poetic usually means it's good, and I, I just don't feel like this is a good storyline. Um, I'm just throwing my two cents out there. I'll be happy when they finally take the belts off of Kratos and Stevens, and we can move into a one-on-one -on -one feud where those guys can go at it. But uh, until that happens, this is what we get. Kev, what, what did you think of this match? I know you're a work-rate guy. Tell us, was this a well-worked match? No, it was not. This is not work-rate. This is not a wrestling match. So, like what DK said earlier, he's like, if you want to call it a match. It wasn't a match. And, and it, look, okay. Jesus, I hope I don't have to run into Kratos at some point because we do run in similar circles. I don't want him to be mad at me for this. But, you know... He's just not that good. He's big and all that and fat, but he's just not that good. Um, and for a squash match, it wasn't even fun. Sometimes squash matches are fun. Like, they can be exciting, especially when you got a big, bad dude. Now, I didn't like it. Didn't think it was great. Kind of thought it was, believe it or not, too simple, too predictable, and they could have added a little something to it. Like I said, Saul Renaro... You know, May Valentine giving him a promo at the beginning to talk about it and then maybe calling out Kratos and then, you know, going into the ring. And instead of Kratos coming out, maybe Aaron Stevens comes out. Maybe they start, you know, Aaron Stevens and him have an actual somewhat of a match because Aaron Stevens is trying to work with the kid. They're going to throw the match out anyway, right? It's yeah. going to be thrown out anyway, right? You're not going to get a finish. Then Kratos comes out. May Young's up. May Valentine's already out there. Then Kratos comes out, interrupts the whole thing, throws Aaron Stevens out of the way, beats the crap out of the kid. We throw the match out. And now you got 10 times the drama. And you might have actually got some decent wrestling out there because at the end of the match, Aaron Stevens was busting it in that main event. I'll, I, when we get to that, the only work rate of the night was from a couple guys in the main, and I can't wait to talk about it because I do like to get pumped up and be excited about stuff that I thought was good about the show. Um, but if it, I mean, I think Aaron and, and him would have actually been able to maybe shake hands, you know, do some things that would have really ticked off Kratos, and then give Kratos a reason to come out and make a big fuss and do all that kind of stuff. I, I didn't mind them setting up the, the six man, but um, again, if Kratos comes out, does that whole thing, then you can have all this still come out, still talk, still do his thing. And then Kratos having just come out, you can say something like, man, that was impressive. And then maybe later on he comes out. That's, there, there's my there's my two cents about what I would have done different in this segment. What do y'all think? What do you think, DK? Well, I think it would have been a better story than kind of what was going on. Uh, I'm mixed on this one. I mean, for what they were trying to do, it was all right. Uh, like Kevin said, it was a little bit on the boring side. Uh, it started with the trend that kind of kept up all night, which is making your referees look stupid. I mean, at that point... I mean, at that point, why, why was the match thrown out? What? Why wasn't? Why did the referee just count to five while Kratos held on to the ropes 
and kicked Renaro and disqualified. Or done what they do in MMA, got in between them and be like, hey, 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 it's over, it's over. He's yeah. done. You or won. Called it for, or called over. it for credits. He, he won. Why was it thrown out? You, you, you either could have legit stopped it, as in the guy's too beat up to continue, or you, or you could have disqualified Kratos, but you know, for doing the stomping while holding the ropes and you know, all that. Uh, throwing it out doesn't make sense. I mean, how, again, logically, how many times do we see matches where someone's getting beat up? I mean, in every tag team match, the babyface gets beat up for 15, 20 minutes and looks totally out of it. Nobody stops it. Nobody declares the match over. And, Sorry, and, and throws it out. Wife, my wife just opened up some guacamole over here next to me. And it made me realize that she had some grade A Mexican food without me. Oh. Test, test, test. And she keeps pointing me back to the screen, like, "Hey, don't worry about it. You're just going back to your show." <laughs> that's that's precious. Well, that's a that's a good wife right there. Anyway, you know, back to overall. I mean, I guess it advanced some stuff. You know, he yelled at Tim Storm and asked him to punch him. Then I wish Storm had, and then Latimer and not an official member of the uh, of Strictly Business come out and ask him to join Strictly Business. So what was it terrible? Jay. What do you think of what do you think of my booking? Oh I think your booking would have been phenomenal. I, I uh, think, yeah, I think I think your booking made more sense. A hell of a lot more sense. We would have gotten more of a match, right? With no finish, just like you said. See, every time I think about how I would book things, I always look, I try to look at the big picture and say, how would I do it, which would be more interesting, but also have the same results so that the, you know, you're not changing long-term storyline, right? That doesn't change the storyline, but the fans would have got a better match. And you could have, like, we love Aaron Stevens. He's a babyface right now. Why wouldn't we want more of him on our TV? And I know Sauronaro's a babyface, but we live in a world of gray areas, so you could do that without any problem. And it's like these two don't have beef, but he is a challenger for the tag title, or he wants to be a challenger for the tag titles with Tim Storm. This makes sense. This makes a lot of sense. I'm not saying that having Kratos in the match didn't make sense, but what you're what you were projecting, I think would have been more entertaining. And I think, you know, again, we're paying our our vote for this content, for this show, is with our money. You know, it's not just our eyeballs that they're getting. They're literally getting our cold, hard cash. And for that, I want to have those more entertaining matches. You know, we a couple weeks ago, we talked about how you would use Tyrus and how I would use Tyrus versus how they currently are using Tyrus. And I think either way they would go with yours or mine suggestion would be a heck of a lot better than what we're seeing now and i think in this point in case like your idea involved almost little to nothing long-term storyline but would have given us a better match a more entertaining match and and again would have had more drama that would go with it so again i i i agree kev i i think um i think that makes sense and then also like at that point too when kratos comes out and steven's kind of defends 
defends Sauron and Aro in your storyline, now it makes more sense for him to be like, well, screw this guy. I'm going to go team with those strictly business guys. Because obviously this isn't working. Whereas Steven comes out and is yelling at him and he goes, no, 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 no. What are you doing? Get your head in the game when he's trying to challenge Tim Storm. It's like, that is the game. Tim Storm is a potential opponent. Why wouldn't he want to get in his head by challenging him to fight? The whole the whole thing is a little wonky, and I, I think your idea would have been better. But that takes us to uh, the... Two for two. Yeah, that takes us to the, um, of course, Strictly Business coming out here and kind of saying what we're all thinking, like, what's going on? Kratos, you can come work with us. We have a we have a, something going on, and that'll be Team Aldis. And again, as this you know strictly business grows, they are going to be looking for more members. I don't know if they're going the whole NWO style or if they're just looking for the Hossman. But either way, um, <laughs> adding more to the team seems like it makes a lot more sense. So I, I think for for what's being said right now. This made sense to have, uh, uh, you know, Kratos join that uh, trio. DKM, did you have anything more you want to add to it? I mean, not really. Like I said, it is what it is. I'm not going to... Wasn't terrible, wasn't great. Jimmy and LB says, I can say one thing I liked about the six-man is that they handled two storylines in one match with Murdoch and all this and Stevens Kratos. Potentially three, as Jay just mentioned, with Tim and Sal as a team. And he gave him an A for effort. So that's one person's <laughs> point of view. Uh, Craig says the NWA tag team division also seems pretty non-existent at the moment. I mean, apart from the War Kings, who have also been hitting, uh, hinting at going their separate ways, there are no regular teams in the NWA. It's also a fair point. Uh, Dave Scooby says, so do the tag champs have a one-on-one match at the pay-per-view winner take all? That's a possibility. We've seen that in the past. Aaron uh, uh, Rosville says Aaron's versus Kratos. Winner takes both belts. That's my booking. What do you guys think about that? Would you go with, be okay with if them deciding the tag titles that way? I wouldn't want it done in a singles match. I'd probably go more the Ole Anderson Thunderbolt Patterson way where each chose a partner and there was a tag team match. I like and, you know, so Ole and Arn beat uh, Thunderbolt Patterson and Manny Fernandez. And so they need to resolve it somehow, preferably without just vacating belts. So if they can, uh, if they can each choose a partner, you know, hopefully at the next pay per view, you know, maybe. Put the titles on Latimer and Kratos or something. Well, next up, next they, up, care so, they care so little about the tag division. It's just sad. Yeah, and, and I think again, I want to, I want to kind of blame again the whole relaunch that they're trying to do. They're trying to fit so much into this, right? They're trying to fit all the storyline into this all at once. And I think you know if they followed your philosophy early on, DK, by keeping it simple and not trying to overcrowd things they, they could have done a better job of telling the story i mean honestly they should have dropped the tag titles on the very first episode of power if they were going to split these two they should have just had them drop the titles to odinson and and uh paro and that would have had a compelling storyline for everything else i think but um 
Well, let me do a little bit of Kevin right here. Uh, let me book something real quick. Sure. Imagine if on the first night, imagine. Well, actually, let's go back to the pay per view with the four way. Okay. So imagine if on the four way we had had Dane and Crimson work together, and one of them had won the four way with the help of the other, and they didn't really care which one won, just that they beat up the other two. So now imagine you get Otis and Amparo that come in the, the first show and win the tag team titles. Now, you could have Otis and Amparo versus the War Kings, Dane and Crimson. Four big guys. Four tough guys. You don't even four need guys. a story for that. You don't even need a story for that. Yeah, yeah, the story is they're four big tough guys. Yeah, the story is the story is the War Kings versus. Uh, don't those don't Odinson and uh, Paro have a name? Yeah, the end. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. The War Kings versus the end. That that I mean that's a. Uh, that's and a story. Just, and, and honestly, honestly, all you do is tease that. You can just tease that through the whole TV series until the pay per view. Exactly. I mean, it's very simple. I mean, just four big guys who want to beat each other up. Yep. You got we got a champion. You know what we said sometimes. You got a champion. You got a team that wants to be the champions. Yep. You know what story you I would run with in that? In that. What? I would have Dane get like I would I would have you know them them wrestle initially. Have Dane get beat. Be the one to take the pin, and then, you know, him kind of contemplate. Maybe he ain't got it no more. His partner build him up, and then you have kind of a series where the War Kings earn their way back in to having a tag title match against the end again, and then you have Dane kind of getting the win to help win the tag titles. Um, and then you get kind of a real baby face kind of thing uh, for, for that. I think that'd be a cool story um, because I just think it's a, it's a story. It's something. It's, it's something. Uh, anyway, anyways, we can we can do fantasy booking all day, but let's what what where where do we go after this? Well, after this, then we get uh, the promo for the storyline that they chose over what you guys said, which was uh, slice boogie. And street clothes, so at least we don't have to see that awful New York Met style gear. Uh, and Jax Dane, who is his brother's keeper, and make no mistake about it, Crimson is his brother, and he is his brother's keeper. And I, I just, this wasn't uh, Jax's best promo work. I've heard him do so much better, and I, I wanted this to be a good moment for him because it's the first time he got the podium, so to speak. Um, but one thing he did have that I thought was great was he called Slice Boogie a chihuahua that barks a lot but doesn't bite. And I thought that was great. And and I don't know. I mean, Kevin, DKM, I think you both know Jax on a personal level. Slice Boogie looks like he could be Jack, Jack Stain's son. I don't know if you've seen Jack's son, but he's about as big as Slice Boogie. So I don't think there's going to be much problem for Dane putting the boots to this guy because his, I mean, he looks like his kid. I mean, anyone take it? You know, I, I, I'm going to disagree with Jay here. I actually liked uh, Dane's promo. Okay. 
because it it was calm. It was just it was just basically, you know, I don't have to get worked up. I don't have to get hyped. I don't talk a lot. I'm just going to kick your ass <laughs> while getting, you know, while getting in a couple of cheap shots and you know the good type of cheap shots, you know, as you know, digs so to speak. And you know when he hit the chihuahua line it was just perfect and i thought it was delivered very well and so this was actually probably my dane in isolation uh dealing with boogie was probably actually one of my favorite parts of the episode i i just enjoyed it and uh i I want to see the match now more just I don't think they'll do it right but I want to see the match now to watch you know Dane beat up uh, Slice Kevin well okay so this is actually good because this was the one part of the show I didn't really have too much of an issue with I felt like you had a great I, 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 okay we, we smash on smash we smash is it smash boogie? Slice boogie Smash on Slice Boogie a lot, mainly because he's. It's less about him, as it is about how he's being put in a position. Uh, do y'all hear like some feedback? I'm hearing a little bit scratch back, yeah. Um, but uh, I feel like he. It's, it's more because he's being put in a position to be something he's really not yet. But he showed a lot of charisma in this promo. Uh, he showed he did. I mean, he really has charisma. Why he hasn't been on the mic more before he's wrestled? I don't. That that's probably what I'd have done different. I'd have probably had him on the mic before before he actually got a match win because he really was charismatic. I like the things he said. I like that he was arrogant. Um, I, I just liked it. I thought he sounded great, and I thought Jack's name very much what DK said. I felt like you had charisma versus intelligence i felt like you had a young it really looked like the young upstart cocky guy against the, the veteran who knows what he's doing and i felt like there's a story there i mean there's a story there it makes sense there is something to be had from this um and it was done well i felt like maybe this segment could have ended after dane said what he said if i were to just nitpick after dane said his thing bam Leave it, because now we want to see it. It, you know, when you, it's like when you peek, you don't need to just watch it burn. So again, it's it's television. It's recorded. They can always phase out. I mean, you have an editor for that. So um, I felt like that segment was kind of like what DK said. Probably the most entertaining segment. I wouldn't say the best, but the most entertaining segment of uh, of the show. It was really good. I, I like I like Dane's. Dane took the position that he is. Boogie took the position that he is. My my biggest regret now with Boogie is that number one, he hasn't had more promo time. Number two, that they should never put him out there in tennis shoes. Um, it just I'm, I mean these you're laughing, but you no, know, I know what you mean. Yeah, it just I mean. You know, by the way, L.A. Knight, Sean Ricker, whatever we call him, Eli Drake, his boots, on the other hand, are my favorite boots in wrestling right now. 
Those things are sharp. <laughs> I mean, look, ultimately it did what it was supposed to do, which was to get me interested in the match I'm not really interested in. So, you know, that's probably where the plus comes from, my my C plus uh and, that, great. and that's what's great about this show is that you just heard three different opinions and something, you know, a lot of people would say maybe I'm the uh, I'm the apologist for the NWA and I, I wasn't exactly in love with this. And the guy who said the most negative things about the show said this is what he wants to see the match now based on this promo. That's what I like about our shows because you hear honest opinions. And if something's good, we'll say it's good. If it's garbage, we'll say it's garbage. That's We're pretty consistent that way. Um and no, nobody picked Boogie to win, but a lot of people thought that Boogie, uh, their hearts feel like Boogie's going to win because that's the way the NWA has been. Oh, Kakushi just got me with that one. Okay. Hick you know, Boogie, like, it, that's funny. It, well, and I also say this must have been a good segment because we're getting a whole lot of feedback in the chat right now about it, too. So, I mean, again, I, I thought it was a good segment. I enjoyed it. I like, I like, I like where they're going. I'm actually interested in seeing the match. Uh, hopefully, you know, by next season we can get Slice Boogie some uh, New York Mets uh, boots, maybe some ring, some ring gear, because, because like I said, he earned a lot. He earned a lot of my respect with the promo. Uh, I just want to see him tighten up, uh, close, you know, live up to the position that he's in. Spend some money. Get your body right. Make sure you're not three different colors. You know, you don't got a tan line and you got a redneck and you got, a, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like put a little extra into it um, because honestly, he did show some charisma there. And for the first time, I feel like I saw a little bit of what maybe they seen. Well, then that brought us to the television title match. Now we witnessed history being made here because since the NWA has been back, the Lightning One era, and they represented this title, this television title that was first seen at hard times when Ricky Starks won the belt, no champion has lasted longer than three title defenses. Ricky Starks had three and then lost to, to Zicky Dice. Zicky Dice had three and then lost to the Pope. So the Pope getting here to have that third title defense, it's the first time we've seen a champion get past that. So that was kind of cool that we saw history being made. And I know it's not huge history, but uh, I think it's just cool to, to be the first to do something. The Pope was the first man to hold that title after uh, after four matches. Um, after three matches, excuse me. Um, this, was, uh, this was interesting. Um, you know, for everything I said good about Tyrus and Austin Idol last week, I take it back. I take it back. I, Austin Idol should not be near a microphone. Um, he certainly shouldn't be sitting next to a woman. He creeped me out, and not in a good way. Not like, not heel heat, but turn off the TV heat. Um, but this this was the match we got. It had a no finish. It ended up being a count out. Uh, but it Really, the Pope should have been disqualified. Excuse me, uh, Tyrus should have been disqualified a couple of times um, when Austin Idol got involved, when he wouldn't release the choke. There were so many different times to DQ this to uh, what DK's point earlier on was that the referee's looking stupid. This referee wasn't enforcing their own set of rules. I think that was the head referee. So 
a lot of things that just didn't gel well in this match. Uh, the least of which was Tyrus just can't wrestle well. Um, there was even a point during this match where he had Pope in a bear hug and kind of got that squatted down, you know, to cinch it in, whatever you want to call it. And Pope's shoulders are on the mat. And uh, you could see where where uh, Tyrus dropped him. And I don't think it was intentional. I think he couldn't hold the hold anymore. I think his weight was off balance and he just, he had to drop him. And they just moved on to the next thing. I thought I was kind of disappointed in this match and it's not because of the Pope. DKM, I mean, let, let us know how you feel about it. Uh, best Tyrus match, which says nothing because his matches have all been bad. And worst Pope match, which was only worse because it had Tyrus in it. Uh, look, this is one of those things where outside the ring, they've done a lot of right things as far as building a story. Just one of the people they're building it with is not that good in the ring. Or not good at all in the ring. And the teacher, by the way. Cool. And so I don't I don't know if I've never really watched Tyrus Russell. I don't know if he was ever good or not. So I can't judge. Yes, I did. Thank you. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Dude, I know where you live. I I just want you to remember that. I know where you live. This is what it's all about right here. If you're not following our chat on YouTube, you're missing out. (laughs) Anyway, getting back to it. uh, Just. I'm about to go off with Mike. This is everything. Can you hear her, Kevin? Because you need to hear this. Okay, sorry. I I don't want to laugh in the mic for any longer. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, this is. This was a synopsis of everything was wrong with NWA booking. All right. Yeah. The referee was an idiot. I don't think he ever counted. And if he ever did, he never made it past two. They were out on the floor for 33 seconds. And at that was after Pope tried to get back in and the challenger and his manager pulled him out. Why? You can't win the title outside. Does he want to win the title? Because if you want to win the title, you'd be throwing him back in the ring. But the manager and the challenger pull the champion out and they have him out there for 33 seconds while the ref just get in the ring and do something. I mean, come on. Just let's get some logical, you know, basic. Yeah, I, I am having a stroke, I think. <laughs> I can't, I can't even look at it. I can't even look at it on that screen down here. It 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 was just that bad. Well I mean, Kevin if, so, if you were if if you were challenging for a title if, if they put you in and booked you to challenge for a title, 
And they said, oh, by the way, Kevin, we want the match to end with you and the guy brawling on the outside where you're not going to be counted out. The time limit's going to expire while you're out there for the last minute and a half of the match. And every and if the champion tries to get back in the ring, we want you to pull him out of the ring. I mean, I mean, would you be going no? Well, no, I, I I wouldn't say no. What I would say is that don't. I would just say that exactly. I would just say, hey, it's a championship match. I understand that I'm the heel. I understand the finish that you want. But if I pull him out, it makes me look dumb. It makes me look like I don't want to win the match, which means the the, the, the don't want to win the title, which means the title doesn't count for anything. So, my question to them would be like. Can't we come up with something that causes that same finish that you're looking for without doing that or doing it that way so that we can at least we can at least uphold the credibility of the title? Chances are though, I mean, this is gonna blow your mind. They probably didn't book it that way. They probably didn't. Uh, there's the, there, and if they did, that's how the, that, that's actually on Pope. Because I don't think we expect Tyrus to know any better. But we do expect Pope to know better, especially being the champion. So if I'm in Pope's position, I say the same thing. Hey, daddy, you know, <laughs> probably not how he says it in the back, but I, I would, why don't, why don't we do this instead? And if it's my time to talk about the match segment right now. It is. Um, I would, I would like to, I would like to, I agree on all fronts that I just felt like this was a prime example of where the NWA has something and they don't utilize what they have. Um, and I've gone back to Paul, I've talked about Paul Heyman booking before, and I just think maybe they need to do a little bit of like historical research on how a company like ECW would maximize talent through good storytelling, good timing. I mean, the fact that Sandman was so over tells you everything you need to know about how good of a booking, how good booking was for that company. You know, like, and again, this is no knock on Sandman because frankly, Sandman at that time was a fan, he was a fantastic worker, but you know, he wasn't good enough really in many ways to break through that ceiling. But because of the way he was used in, in Extreme Championship Wrestling, in that context of that company, he was larger than life, even outside, even compared to WWF and WCW at the time. You put him in one of those companies and he loses that. But in his company, in his house, he was larger than life. And that's why I think NWA is not recognizing is that they, they can create linear stars that may not even be as good as the ones we see on other television shows, but if you book them right, you can book them that way. So here's what I feel like. Number one, Pope should never go out and at least not say three or four words. It's just it's not right. Him just going out to the ring and wrestling just you're 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 hurting your television show by doing that. He needs to say something. You I mean something. You know, like like let Tyrus get in the ring, jump out of the ring, strut over to the, the, the microphone stand and say, count me out if you want to, daddy. 
but I know the people need to hear my voice because that's what sells tickets. And cut a promo on the fat boy and then go back in there and wrestle the match. It's not hard. It takes it takes 30 seconds. But you never should have your best microphone guy go out there and not say a word. That's why I said he should have been out there at the beginning. Then he can go out there and have a match. And you're not losing what you have. You're not you're not hurting it. Second, I, I, on the match. Okay, look. Newsflash. No one is shocked to hear, nor I think Tyrus would be would would disagree to say that Tyrus is not a good wrestler. No one, no one's shocked by that. That's not like news. We all know it, and I think he knows he's fat and out of shape. He, he knows why he's on the show. We know that. Okay. Is that a is that a, a hallelujah or are you trying to jump in? I'm just saying I'm fat and out of shape too. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but I'm saying I'm saying that if we know that about him. And we know he's got to have a six-minute and five-second match. And this is this 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 is this is real talk here. This is on Pope because we know Pope can work. So now, again, this is part of being the man. You talk Ric Flair. I talk be the man. You got to be because Ric Flair could have a great match with anything and anybody, anytime, anywhere. And how many times have we seen Ric Flair wrestle garbage wrestlers and entertain the heck out of us? And I just use Ric Flair, but I promise you, he's not the only great worker that can do that. I know Steve Austin can do it. I can go down the list of wrestlers that can pull a great match out of somebody that's not very good. And there's a hundred things I could sit here and say that Pope could have done differently that would have made the match more entertaining and not put any emphasis on Tyrus to have to carry any of the load of the work. And we could have gotten work rate out of Pope and just gotten enough out of Tyrus to have a good match. And that's, that's just, just real talk, y'all. It's possible. <laughs> I know because I've wrestled, I wrestled in the indies where like, you know, I'm not going to name names, but I wrestled some guys. I could, I've wrestled some really bad wrestlers and got standing ovations and people going, that's, and those guys come up to me and go, that's the best match I've ever had in my life. And that's your job when you're the good worker. And so I put this one on Pope. The fact that he wasn't on the mic, I give to the booking committee. Whatever story went on in the match that kind of made no sense, I put that a little bit on the booking, but a little bit again on Pope. Because you got to book yourself as champion properly. You got to do some things. You got to get involved in those conversations. And you got to use your brain, which we know he can't. We've seen him use his brain in the match. We've seen him use it on the mic. So again, I'm not, look, we know that Pope is probably the best wrestler they have, which is why it's okay to expect more out of him. Same thing that we do with Nick Aldis. So in that regards, I felt like this is a little bit on Pope that this match was bad. You gotta put the big man Tyrus in positions where he looks good. Cause if you're just gonna go out there and expose him, you actually make your segment and yourself look like crap. And it's not that it's not an ego thing. It's for us, the fans. So, so if you want to make the fans enjoy it, you have to pull. You got to squeeze something out of that thing so that we're sitting on this show going, "I can't believe Tyrus had such a great match with Pope." That's when you know you're the man. So, that's how I feel about the segment. 
It could have. It's the segment that could have been because here we go, booking, easy booking. They don't go outside the match till six minutes. Now DK's happy because they're out there for five seconds. So we know it wasn't 30. We know there wasn't a 10 count. But don't go out till the five seconds is left. Roll out, fight outside. You do all the same stuff. And you don't have to pull the guy in. You don't have that awkwardness and that awkward whatever was going on there. You have a ref in there. You know what time it is. It's so simple. So just don't do that stuff to the very end and just have a have a decent match with the big man. Bam. So the last thing I want to put on this match is that, uh, again, it's not the last time we're going to see Tyrus. Probably not even the last time we'll see Tyrus challenge for the belt. So did it push the storyline forward? Perhaps. We'll see. Um, right. And, and that's... I think, I think that was... Go ahead, DK. I think this is a case of concept versus execution. I I see what they wanted to do, which, by the way, if you had a shoot referee, so to speak, like I say, where he gone out and counted them out, same result. Same result. Exact same result. Ends in a draw. So, I mean, it's not like once they got out there and started fighting, the ref should have counted to 10 and just been over. And they could have continued to brawl or whatever for a little bit and split it up. At the start of the match, I didn't think was necessarily that bad. It kind of started with Pope moving and getting out of the way and then Tyrus doing some big man stuff. And so it started okay. I mean, you know, like Kevin said, what you'd expect to get your workout, but then it's, it's like it broke down. And so I, I kind of blame everybody. <laughs> you wanna know why I broke down? I'll give you the actual, like how I would have coached a wrestler in this match. Yeah. Because Pope, sure. Pope, Pope stopped moving. So what, two things you accomplish by moving around constantly and making a big man like that sell, like chase you as you're selling is number one, it makes him tired and it gives you the advantage. But two, it keeps you from getting in those positions where you're stagnant and you get put in the, the hold spots, which it's already going to be a slow match. So you don't need a hold. All you need to do is go, if, if I'm if I'm, I'm going, hey, go one corner, fight your way out of it, big guy beats you up. Drag your butt over to the next corner. Pull your way up, fight your way out of it. Drag your butt all the way across the ring so it takes forever. Drag your way up, fight your way out of it. That's like three and a half minutes right there. So it's a simple, it's a simple technical thing that could have been easily done. And we know Pope is creative enough in the ring to come up with better than what we saw. Should there have been more pin attempts by Tyrus? Sure, but I mean, a, a cocky heel, a cocky heel doesn't have to because he he feels like he's going to win anyways. The other side of it is it didn't look like Tyrus cared if he won the match. So, you know, I, I think that might not be a good thing, but but it, it is a cocky thing. But, you, you know, I, I agree with you, Devin, but I also think a cocky heel doesn't necessarily care. I mean, doesn't in try. Your, in, in a normal match, I would agree with you. Mm -hmm. But since this is like a six-minute, five-second match, 
one of the things that it's supposed to do is make you want to go out and win quickly. Right. No matter, again, if you want to be the champion. I mean, the whole thing here is that Tyrus was supposedly chasing, Tyrus isn't just chasing Pope because he's chasing Pope. He's chasing Pope because he was also chasing the title. And, you know, somewhere that got lost. Again, something got dropped right. in the storyline. Instead of being about the title, all of a sudden it became about those two. And then, like, like I said, then that lowers the value of the title when the guy goes, I don't really care if I win it or not. <laughs> Here's a spoiler alert, well, too. Should. You want a spoiler alert? Whenever they put a, sure. a title match like that and it's not the main, it almost tells me that there's not going to be a title change. Sure. To me, it was kind of a spoiler thing, too. I was kind of like, oh, man. This is a title match. Like, it should be the main, not the six man. But that probably means that, you know, it's probably going to be a drag it out until the next match. Match. James brought up a good point saying, it's like, is Tyrus really even motivated to be here? And, I mean, I don't I don't think he is. I know that the NWA, what they try to sell a lot of the guys that are coming there right now is like, hey, look what happened to Eddie Kingston. Look what happened for Ricky Starks. You come here, you give us your best effort, and something's gonna happen for you. We we can we can pay you what your you know your guarantee is. We can pay you what you what you're worth. But if you want to go on to the next step, you got to do it right here. You come to the NWA, we'll put you in a good program, and then you'll move to the next level. Well, a guy like Tyrus isn't going anywhere. Like let's be honest, he's 48 years old. He's not going to the next level. This is it, and. and you can tell he, he it doesn't seem like he's motivated because he is so out of shape. Now let's keep in mind he's this this the set of TV tapings is a course of three or four days. Maybe the next time we see him, he's in a little bit better shape. Maybe his he's working on his calisthenics right now. Maybe this is important to him. Maybe he just hasn't gotten into the shape he wants to be yet. But with that being said, he should have been putting in the work if he wanted to be here before they announced it. You know, he should have been putting in that work. So, whew, um, that brings us to our sixth segment of the night, the Women's Wrestling Summit. Now, this was, <laughs> this was not necessary. <laughs> I, I mean, when they say, when they say, look, Thunder Rosa, someone who's pretty much a complete package. She she wrestles well. She looks good. She cuts a, a good promo. You Great need to have promo. someone else speak for you tonight. That seems counterintuitive. Um, and, and maybe they were trying to cover up Camille. You know, I know she's not super over in promos yet. But again, the way they went about this, it just didn't make sense. And then furthermore, uh, uh, Kyle Davis made the ultimate sin by telling a woman to calm down, relax. <laughs> and you know that that is never in the history of mankind has ever worked to calm down a woman. <laughs> Jay, you're on fire right now, buddy. Keep going. I'm just saying, I, I've been married twice. I know you don't tell a woman to calm down ever. So, oh, man. So, again, this segment seemed like whatever they were efforting, a peaceful resolution to the feud. We don't watch wrestling for peace. That went out in 1994 with Antonio Noki and his peace festivals. We're for violence. We want to see wrestling. We want to see pro wrestling. And, and, and if you're going to spend 10 minutes 
on putting together a summit, I'd rather them have spent 10 minutes wrestling a tag team match or doing hey. something to further the storyline because this wasn't that. DKM, you got a, a surly look on your face. What did you think? Oh my gosh, what the blankety blank, 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 and blank, blankety blanks, and blank were they thinking? First of all, can you think of anybody who would be most least likely to be an advocate for Camille or that Camille would want as an advocate as the current incarnation of Taryn Terrell? I mean, talk about odd couple. Camille should just want to slap her silly. Camille should want to slap all of them silly. I mean, just... Well, I mean, just anybody that's that... I mean, the character's going to be something that grates on me anyway, but again, probably in a way that would make me want to watch her get beat up by a, a real wrestler. But it's just... Man, that, that was an odd pairing... I don't know where they're going with this Melina Thunder Rosa thing. You know, at first it looked more like we're just setting up for an eventual Melina. I'm ready. I'm sorry. I'm going to bust in. DK, I think you and Kokushi need a cage match. Uh, I do too. (laughs) (laughs) He just just got you on permanent roast. (laughs) She she did. She doesn't use the blanks like I do. <laughs> oh, so, man. Anyhow. <laughs> oh, man. This is great. Anyhow. Uh, this was a worthless segment. Just totally worthless. Somebody, I can't remember who, maybe it was me, said wrestling fans like wrestling. That was you. Yeah, so why the hell aren't we getting <laughs> I agree. I I, uh, I, I agree. I'm mean, honest question. Why are we not getting wrestling on this wrestling show? If I want to watch talking and yapping and long <laughs> segment segments of people saying twenty words that only need to be one, I would watch WWE. Well, or like put it on your free YouTube channel. Put it on the free YouTube channel. Except for I think they probably signed away the farm when they signed the fight deal because they don't put anything on their YouTube channel other than what you missed. So, uh, Oh yes, but that's just people talking. When it, and not even them. And you know, it's great for the bearded trio and you know, I'm very happy for them, but it's not, you know, it's not a. They don't put anything related to their program on it, other than another group of people talking about it. And so, I, I'm done talking about the segment. Give me wrestling. Kokushi uh, has another statement for you in the. <laughs> oh, I can't! I can't! I just can't with him. Um, you know, guys, right now in wrestling, we would call this 
uh, stealing the show, upstaging the main event. Our our chat room is upstaging our show right now and hijacking it because you guys are killing me right now. Um, this is what we live for, though. This honestly, we've said it before. I'm gonna say it again. This is a great time to break in and say this. We're here to have a good time and just talk wrestling, and we really are glad. Like we love it that you guys are hanging out with us. The comments, I don't, y'all can roast me all day long. I've been called Hobbit. I've been called Frodo. I've been called Mighty Mouse right in front of Jay in California. That was my nickname. So, you know, we love it. Keep it coming. It's too much fun. It, it makes this even more fun than it would already be if it was just us three just chatting about wrestling. I, I think you um, was the one that called you Mighty Mouse. I'm like, bro, you're smaller than he is. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, anyways... Um, I, I, it is what you know. You know, uh, I, I love I love Johnny Uma. Great wrestler, man. Um, the 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 Kevin Douglas in me wants to jump back in to our feud and say it was never finished. And I'm not done with Johnny Uma, but technically I'm done with Johnny. Uma, so, um, but no, no, the segment. You know, like golly, man, you you couldn't have said it better. Like, why not a wrestling match? I mean, in re- in all reality, like, why not a wrestling match? Um, that, I, I know that sounds crazy, uh, but why not? Uh, number one, that's number one. I can't agree more. Number two, Molina speaking for Thunder Rosa. It's like switching the string. Like, like Thunder Rosa is better on the mic than Molina, so I'd rather hear Thunder Rosa talk. We haven't heard enough of that. We haven't had enough of her at all during the season, which is like newsflash. Her and Pope are your best workers. So, uh, Thomas Latimer. Um, but, like, golly, man. Why not give me a eight-minute Thunder Rosa match? Unless she has some kind of match, like, limit or something as part of her thing. But I, I would say, yeah. Now, I will say this. Uh, for one, Camille doesn't need to talk. She needs to limit her facial expressions because a lot of that stuff is taken away from what she does well. Um, that's something I would, if I, if she ever listened to me and I was her coach, which she never would, and I would be scared to say it to her face because Tom Latimer might put me through a wall. Um, but I, I would just, in, in reality, like, because I want to see, I'm a fan. I think she's awesome. And I've always been a big, big advocate, but I would pull back, pull back some of her expressions are talking not because we don't want to hear a woman talk or not because she won't be able to some point but right now she's got a good thing going play to your strengths work work on promos in the back honestly like like whatever may valentine's been doing do whatever she's been doing because she seems to get better on the mic weekend and week out so again maybe just work a little more on it before you go out and just start talking um so i think she needed somebody to talk for her Go ahead, D. I want to know when May Valentine became the best thing on the show, just as far as like on the commentating, interviewing, and stuff. I mean, for somebody who I honestly did not like, yep, I'm now truly enjoying the segment she's in. Right. And so, yeah, people can learn, people can go on, so... I don't know when she became one of the best things about the show, but some of the people there need to take whatever lessons that 
she's taken. And... Well, you know, I I'll tell you one of the things that makes what she does good, because she's really not the best spoken person, but A, she's intelligent. Number two, she takes it very seriously. You know, it's a really, like, you feel like she believes in it. And that's part of what wrestling is, is like, yeah, we all know what it is, but it's the same when you go watch a movie. You don't want the actors, like, breaking character because they know it's a movie. You know, you want them to go out there and be sold that what they're doing is is real, it's all in, it's everything. The, mo the, the, the show you're watching, you are captivated in a moment. And so I, again, I, I feel like at least she's trying to do that. I don't want to say she's all the way in, um, but I want to jump back in to Taryn Terrell though. She was good. She was good. Her part in the promo was probably, was the best part of the entire thing because she was clever. She made sense. She roasted the heck out of uh, Melina, which I think, I'm not going to say Melina got mad, like shoot mad, but I think the worker in Melina realized that she just got buried and there was no digging your way out of it. And that made her mad because you could see true anger on her face that Karen like buried her. And I thought it was great. Not because I hate Melina, but because it was a good promo. And you know what? This is what you do when you get buried on the mic. You go back get in front of the mirror, you practice your stuff, and you come out, and you come back strong, and you show them that, hey, you know what, you buried me last week, but I got you this time. Um, it made me want to see Taryn versus Molina, not Thunder Rosa versus Camille. Um, and again, it wasn't horrible. No, it was pretty horrible. It was pretty close to horrible, but I would say that Taryn was the, was the highlight of it, because one thing that made it horrible was the misusage of Thunder Rosa. You do not misuse your biggest quality that you have. And they did that with two of their best people this week. Two, Melina's part was not very good. And again, you know, I, I don't I don't pull punches. I like Melina most of the time, but sometimes on the mic she just like she's in outer space or something. Camille shouldn't talk, and Taryn Terrell was really the only good part of this little segment. But <laughs> But Kevin Booking says, give me a match instead of this. Whatever you give me. Just give me give me Thunder Rosa versus Jabroni. And give me a Terran Terrell. I don't know. I don't know. But anything but this. Give me a match. Well, to give you a match, how about I give you the main event? How about I give you a six-man tag match that brought back <laughs> Tim Storm to the ring? Okay, I'm here for that. I was very happy to see Tim Storm make his return to the ring. I was also very happy to see Aaron Stevens in the ring because, again, he's one of these guys that I feel does add value when he's in the ring. He's a great competitor. Um, so we get Trevor Murdoch, Tim Storm, and... Uh, and uh, whoa, I just had a stroke, I think. Tim Storm, Trevor uh -oh. Murdoch, and uh, Aaron Stevens taking on Kratos uh, and Strictly Business, Tom Latimer and... Uh, Chris Adonis. So we have this this match with the stipulation that if Team Adonis or Team Aldis wins, Trevor Murdoch goes home, and that happens when everyone's best best pal Sal gets involved in the ring. It causes a bit of a distraction. 
Um, I felt this match was pretty good. I think it's good that... I mean, storyline-wise, I think it's good that Murdoch is going to be off-camera because that allows them to focus some energy onto other things over the next few weeks. The match itself, like I said, it was pretty good. What did you guys think? Kev, you, you go first. Um, well, I mean, you already know what I think. Latimer was out there slanging, banging, in shape, looking like a stud. I think me and Camille both have uh, are, are just man-crushing on Latimer. Um no, he he's awesome, dude. Like like he's awesome. I even think it's funny when he gets ready to cut a promo and he gets like in a fight stance before he talks. I love that too. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I I liked Latimer in the match. I thought Aaron Stevens was his body looked awful, but hey, you get in there and work like that, I don't care. He he was he was working. Uh, Trevor Murdoch was out there working. I mean, those three guys to me went out there and got after it. Um, I felt like after them, you had a, you started to have a drop down. Uh, I felt like, and again, it's finally nice to talk about work rate in a wrestling match. It's the only time we're going to have this conversation in the last like three weeks. So please just let me have it. Um, <laughs> you know, I felt like, um, I felt like, I feel like Chris Adonis, like he, he's a little out of shape. And his work is in, is just not as creative. And again, he's not as athletic as um, as like Latimer. So it, it doesn't look as good when he's just out there slaying and banging. Latimer's just a freaking athlete. So he looks like he's floating on air when he's out there going. And it just looks good. And so he can go out there and throw punches and kicks and slams and, and move at the pace that he moves. And it, and it looks good. I feel like Adonis has to be a little more crafty with his work rate because he's not quite as good of an athlete. He looks like a good athlete, but looking like an athlete and being a good athlete are two different things. Aaron Stevens is a better athlete right now in the ring than Chris Adonis. And Aaron Stevens doesn't look as good as Adonis. So like Adonis needs to lose a little bit of body fat and get a little more creative with his storytelling in the ring to make up for maybe his lack of athletic ability. Um, Kratos, he just, not not on that level. He's not main event. His body's not there. He looks lazy in the ring. His ring positioning's not good. He's not polished at all. I don't even know if I've ever seen him sell. Um, so, again, he can't go out there and work a style like Latimer because he doesn't look right. He doesn't move like that. Um, moving over to the baby faces, um, Tim Storm didn't look good to me. I love him. I do. Like, we're friends, but he just didn't look good uh, in the ring. He didn't. Okay? Um, yeah. I'm going to leave it at that because I liked him, and, and I, I respect him. I respect his career. Like, I've been wrestling with – I wrestled with Tim from the very first time I was on television. He wrestled on the same card in 2000 in Arlington, Texas for a company called Professional Championship Wrestling, in which he was a tag champion. I like, we, we were in the German Fest wrestling tournament together. We were in the final four and our careers after that just blasted off. Um, so I have all the respect, but I just, it's not passing the eyeball test anymore. So I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, 
And so, and Aaron Stevens, like, like I said, I think I covered everybody, but man, Aaron Stevens looked great. Again, man, just lose a little body fat or, or go back to the gi. Because um, I love that look. I do. I mean, you don't always have to have, you don't always have to have on tights and stuff. Like, if it works, it works. I, I miss the gi. I miss the heel. But his work rate is really good. Probably one of the best guys in the ring. He's creative, kind of like what you want from Adonis. Um, he's creative. So, for, for what uh, anyway. Worth, he's on a, he's a really, uh, I follow him on Instagram. He's really upping mm-hmm. up his uh, dieting and everything else where he is, uh, I think I'm out for the night. Uh, he's upping his dieting and he's really working on getting uh in better in-ring shape he's doing like boxing and, and kickboxing and he's doing those diet meals so i really think he's trying to get into a better shape into a better look well his work rate is great he's very creative in the ring again it's a totally different style than like latimer would be uh but it's cerebral and that matches his personality latimer shouldn't be a cerebral wrestler it should be the guy he is in the ring it makes sense um so, and again, Murdoch, I, again, I, I'm a fan of Murdoch's work. Like, he works exactly the right pace. He does the right kind of moves. Not a big fan of the Bulldog off the top, but most, most as long as the move looks clean, uh, the rest of what he does, I like. So, I wish he'd go to the belly-to-belly like uh, Harley Race. Isn't that what Harley Race used to use? Yeah. I wish he'd go to that and save his butt. Save or his pile driver. You know? Yep, yep. So, anyway, DK. Well, obviously, it was the best action of the night. Now, of course, there were only three matches, and the first one wasn't a match, and the second one had Tyrus. But, uh, yeah, it was the best action. Uh, you saw a lot of my thunder and saying that, you know, who looked good and who, who didn't. Uh, I'll let you have the story. Well, it, re- it did remind me why I like Murdoch in the ring. And even why I like Stevens in the ring. Uh, I'm kind of with you on Tim Storm. Love Tim Storm. He, he, one of the nicest guys I've ever met in the business. His age is catching up to him. It's going and I, to. And you know, life. You know, he's 56, 57, somewhere in there. And he. Uh, you know, probably doesn't need to be in the ring that much. And unfortunately, the ending, I don't feel was well executed in that they had Adonis first try to put the master lock back when he was masters and, you know, the full Nelson on, on Storm. And it didn't look right because Storm's so much bigger than he is. And so, I mean, I, you kind of didn't believe that that was actually going to work. And I don't know if it was planned or if it was called audible or what the thing was, but like, he basically never got it cinched up and almost immediately let go of it to do the sort of a pickup throwdown, pick up the pin didn't look like that strong of a move to do it. I'm okay with it, but uh, I think this goes back to what Kevin was saying, you know, a little bit with Adonis. He, hopefully he's joining uh, 
Stevens and kind of working out and getting in better shape. Again, one of the problems with taping everything in over two or three nights is every you don't see any growth in them until the next one. So we won't know how they've grown until, you know, June. Uh, Storyline-wise, I'm not sure how wise it is to put one of your top baby faces in a show that doesn't have a lot of wrestlers as is, you know, on the shelf for 30 minutes. Now, I did hear there were other wrestlers that were there. So maybe some of them will be making appearances here in the next couple of weeks. I don't know. I don't know if some of them were just there hanging out or some of them were actually used. I hope one of them was used. And uh, we'll keep that a surprise for now. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I understand Jay's well, there was improvement. I disagree with every show to be better. I think they've circled. I think I think the first show was pretty, you know, decent with bad booking and then they got bad and now they're improving. So I, I wouldn't say every show's gotten better. More wrestling, please. Less talking, please. I think we can all agree Less on holding. that. And again, oh. Let's all just please. <laughs> I, I, I think, I, you know, I'm trying to th- put into words why I think that they would go with something like that summit or, you know, the, the promo back and forth. And I think they're just trying to stretch out as much actual in-ring competition as they can while things are getting rolling. Now, it's my hopes that this show, when they come back in June and start filming new stuff, that they're going to put more wrestling into it. But until that actually happens, I don't know. So, I, I mean, again, I still felt like this was an improvement. I still feel like this was a good show. Um, but it's still not where it was, I think, when we fell in love with it a year ago. And I still think let me, there let needs me, to be a lot more that happens. Kevin, go ahead. Well, I just I didn't get to give my uh, fantasy bookie for the final match. Oh, do it. Brother, do it. We gotta, um, we, we gotta yeah, get going. So get that out there. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think this match had as much that didn't need to be affected as, as the, as any match that I've seen, with the exception of what Devin was saying. I don't think the master lock finish was the right finish, and I'm just gonna kind of jump on a hobby horse here for a second. How, how come? the NWA never lets the best guys they have get the stuff they need, they deserve. Because Latimer has been their best wrestler besides maybe a couple of other guys here and there since day one. He's the guy that should be getting that pin, not Adonis. In my opinion. Because of what DK said, for one, the master lock on Tim Storm is not going to look good. So why do it? Two, Latimer is the perfect guy for a wham bam thank you man. Perfect guy to come in and blindside him with something explosive, pin him, roll him up, and get out of there. And at the same time, he deserves it, man. The guy has been nothing but loyal, quality, night in, night out. And the only thing you might be able to knock him on in terms of his skills would just be the microphone. And this is just kind of a hobby horse thing. 
is just, you know, they did the same thing with Ricker to me. It's like, when you, you got the best guy, one of the best or the best guy, why are you afraid to, to like go all in with him? Why is Aldis getting the all in treatment? No pun intended. But some of your other best guys are not. And that part I don't fully get because, again, I don't think it matters whether Adonis gets that pin or some, who gets that pin. But the only one not holding gold right now in the Strictly business or in line for some gold would be Latimer. And so why not throw him a bone? Because he's still the best guy in the team. Sorry, Aldis. Um, anyways, there's my hobby horse. I'll leave it at that. DK, do you want to wrap this up? You know, I'll wrap this up by saying <laughs> they need to they need to realize the talent they have and use them better. And they need I mean, that's from Jordan Clearwater to Latimer. And they they need to be putting on wrestling shows and they need to keep it simple. It that's really it. And hopefully we'll see some new guys pop up here but it's almost one of those they should have popped up earlier if they're having to stretch these things and yeah i mean you know what somebody said there i think all this is going to rain seven years that was earlier in the chat and i'm sorry i forgot who who said that but the reason is because they don't put anyone up against all this that we legit believe is, has a chance. So, you know, let's not wait very long. They've already set up something teasing Pope. They've already set up something teasing Latimer. I mean, these are guys that if they build it correctly, we could le- we would legit want to see a title change whether they give it to us or not. I mean, Ric Flair was famous for defending his title. You always wanted to see a title change with Ric Flair because he had that heel rolled down so well. But, you know, give us good matches. Let us, we want to believe. And one of the things we want to believe is that there's somebody out there who can beat Aldis, who can take him down a notch. So, you know, I mean, I want to believe, I want them to set something up going into a pay-per-view between Pope and Aldis, where regardless of what the outcome is, if it's well-booked, I'm believing going in, hey, Pope has a chance. I think we can see a title change. I think Pope could come out with the belt. And whether Pope comes out with the belt or doesn't come out with the belt, that we had a hell of a match and we're happy after, you know, when it's said and done. Same thing with Latimer. I mean, uh, all this is hinted. Not everybody in Strictly Business is, you know, was spot to say. Camille and her sit down thing said, hey, you know, as far as she's concerned, the power couple are her and Latimer, and Latimer should be going for the world spot. Okay, if planet C, I want them to water them. I, I want them to make me believe. I watch wrestling to believe. All right. 
That's what I want. So give me wrestling, make me believe. That's what I'm asking for. Jay? No, I you guys are you guys are killing it. I mean you're we're all saying the same thing. Like we want we're fans. We want to be we want to buy into it. Kevin Kevin's a former wrestler, but he wants to buy into it. He wants to suspend belief when he sits there on his couch and watches the show. He wants to have that same feeling that DK gets that I get. And this this program doesn't deliver far enough what it should be doing for the type of talent they have on this roster. And Kevin's already given you eight different ways how the show could have been better tonight. I mean, there's little things, little, you don't have to change everything. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, just little minor tweaks here and there, a little bit of alignment. And this show is 10 times better. And I'm not saying, Oh, give Jay the book or give Kev the book or give DKM the book. I'm just saying, do your job a little bit better. Make the storylines a little bit better. And it's I mean, not. If, if they want to give it to me, I, I already have a price in mind. It's not too bad. So just in case, you know, you want to share the video with somebody, you know, just let them know. It's price not. I can get a couple. Weeks, I can get. I can get a little time off. I, I can make it happen. And with that being said, hit like, follow, and subscribe if you enjoy these videos. If you really like them, share them. Give us a thumbs up. That helps with other NWA fans to see these videos. <clears throat> um, if DKM, if someone wants to follow you online, how can they do it? Uh, follow me on Twitter, at DKMFWTX. Get my wrestling views, my amateur wrestling views, boxing views, and some political views, and views about royalty. And... Kevin Frazier, how can they follow you, good sir? I'm, I, I think DK needs to tell us a little more about royalty at some point on one of these shows. Anyways. Sure. <clears throat> we, got a, we got the Scar, Scottish Lord. We'll, we'll, <laughs> Kokushi. We'll, we'll do a special. We'll do a special on, we'll do a special on you know, why buying a uh, foot of land in Scotland is meaningless, so. And, and how you're a sucker when you do it. Oh, so. that's great. I love this. I love it. Um, yes, you guys can follow. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Kevin Lee Frazier. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the same handle, uh, Kevin L-E-E Frazier, spell like it is on the screen. <clears throat> you can find my wrestling matches, if that's something you're actually interested in. You can go on uh, YouTube search Kevin Douglas wrestling or you can go to um, Kevin Douglas 247 um, so anything Kevin Douglas wrestling or Kevin Douglas 247 on YouTube and you'll get you'll get plenty of stuff on there I also do some motivational speaking uh, that would be just Kevin 247 and uh, while I got the while I got the floor for a second I just want to give it up to our chat room tonight I mean you guys were off the hook. Uh, thanks for all the love. Thanks for all the support. Uh, we can't thank you enough. We're so glad that you that you spend this time with us on Thursday nights. We're having a good time with it. Uh, like I said, I mean, probably a part of the show gets extended because it responded to some of the great stuff you guys say. And so we just can't uh, thank you guys enough. Uh, if you got more wrestling fans and friends that you know, tell them how fun it is to come on these shows on Thursdays. And they can bring their opinions out if they'd like to. Uh, we love to, to invite them into the into the family because uh, the more the more opinions we can get, the better. We are all here for the same reason. We love wrestling. We want to see the NWA uh, be successful. 
And you can follow me at the Alliance blog, where we're always talking that hashtag NWA, NWA Power. Uh, we're here to support this uh, wrestling addiction we all have, especially that NWA niche. You guys are all welcome to be a part of this. Every week we do this from Thursdays, from 8, uh, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. The pre-party, I do that by myself, but I talk to all of you guys. We do that five... Without uh, sound. What's that now? Without sound. Sometimes sometimes the mic will work. And that's 5 Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific. Of course, uh, we do the best of these podcasts and throw them up on uh, our Spotify channel, uh, our Apple channel. You can check those out. Just search for the Alliance blog. And, of course, you can be like James H. Jackson Jr. and get a dope hat like this or an equally dope sweater and T-shirt uh, by visiting our merch store. We do appreciate that very much. And, uh, guys, that's going to do it for us. Again, thank you so much for being here, being a part of this. Uh, we, we do this for you guys, but we do it for ourselves, too. Like, we, if you guys... Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, our presentation of alliance-wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at The Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at The Alliance Blog. Remember, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.